Okay, we're actually going to look at, uh, we'll actually look this morning at uh, uh, the little the story <clears throat> about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But let me tell you a little bit before we get there. Uh, again, your layout here of your scriptures here. Um, uh, let's see, let's do it this way. Um, if you look here at um, this is you know this is this is your you know your Bible right here. You've got Genesis, Exodus. Okay, just just follow me again. Genesis means what? It means beginning. That's where we have in the beginning. You know, and if you just look at the evidence, don't listen to your professors. Listen, look at the evidence. We didn't come from no apes. Opposing thumbs. I mean, you can figure this stuff out. You know, and they'll say there's there's macro evolution. Macro means you can have a white dog become a black dog or a big dog become a small dog. Whatever. That's not a cat coming from a dog. You're not going to transition. You know, that's, but see, they'll try to say that kind of stuff, but it's not true. Also, if you'll just look simply at the fossil record, the fossil record does not depict that we've been here billions and billions of years. Somebody's dead wrong. Jesus believes that in the beginning was Adam. And now there's a real reason why it's important to understand it came from Adam because death came from what? Adam. Death didn't come from the dinosaurs millions of years ago. And if you'll discover, you'll find out we have man's footprints and dinosaur footprints right now on record in Congress. They just don't want anybody to know about it. But you, in our information age, you can Google these things and look them up for yourself. But we're those folks that believe the Bible. So you've got the beginning is Genesis. Then you have Exodus. They left somewhere. Yeah, Pharaoh, Moses. And besides, if you come back... All the people that try to tell us that the Bible's not true, they were on dope, they were drunk when they wrote the Bible. Ridiculous, too many details. There's a place called Egypt, it's recorded. We've heard of Pharaoh. Matter of fact, the movie I watched the other day, and uh, I, I think my mom, we were talking about it just a moment ago too, but it was a real cute movie about Clark Gable and stuff, and, and they were in this room, and uh, they had to divide uh, his side from her side. But anyway, he called that the walls of Jericho. <laughs> and at the final part of the movie, a Clark Gable movie, they were talking about when they wrapped it all up, the love story, they said the walls of Jericho came down. Well, these are real events. Okay, but anyway, notice you've got three books here called Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's a lot of history right there. And there's some details about how to build a tabernacle, not the temple, but the tabernacle and the things about the law. Now, quickly zooming ahead, promised land, that's Joshua. And then all of a sudden it fell all apart. Everybody ran scared. They were worshiping idols. They almost lost all the Israelites were all scattered. They thought it was hopeless. Judges is another historic period right there. That's where you have Samson. <clears throat> and uh, you've got Gideon. And then a little small book called Ruth. And Ruth is actually grandmother to King David. Okay, maybe great-grandmother. Anyway, all of a sudden then you start getting into the kings here. Saul, and actually 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, they call Samuel a prophet, but anyway, 1 and 2 Samuel is all the history about David, King David, all the way to Solomon. And then, wonder what's in 1 and 2 Kings. It's the series of the kings until Nebuchadnezzar took them hostage. They were all gone. 1 and 2 Kings, just two books. 1 and 2 Chronicles is actually a repeat of those things. Oh, a little more details, fine details, you can find out these things are so. Your history class, when you're reading these things, you'll go, I've heard of that king, and it won't be the king referenced in this. It won't be one of the kings of Israel. It'll be a king that tried to attack Israel, and you'll go, I studied that in Western Civ. Yes, hello, these are real things. 
Also real details. They'll say they went down here to this town, turned left, went to that town, went to this town. The details are there for a reason. Why? Let you know these things were so. But anyway, then you get down to Ezra. Who's he? He was just a high priest. They'd already been taken off into uh, slavery. Nehemiah was a prophet during that time frame too. And then there's this book about Esther. Esther, remember, there's no nation of Israel anymore. Israel, Esther's the story of they're already out of town. They're already under um, uh, the Chaldean rule. Then there's the book of Job. And, of course, then there's Psalms and Proverbs. These were written mostly by David. Uh, and then you still have these, these. The rest of this is the prophets. And then if you get any further here, there's the New Testament. These prophets were prophesying during this slice of pie when things were just going horrible. They lost the kingdom. So we're going to look at Ezekiel here. Ezekiel 22 Sometimes you read the Bible and you say, oh my gosh, oh no, this is us. I'm reading this in my own special private time and I guess I'm supposed to assume, you know, that, you know, that son of dust, I guess God didn't like. He wasn't trying to say anything bad about Ezekiel. He was just describing him the way Jesus described himself too. He called himself the son of man or the son of Adam. Okay. He says, son of dust, indict Jerusalem as the city of murder. Now, is that you? Well, if it is, you need to be repenting. <laughs> Israel didn't want to repent. So anyway, <clears throat> publicly denounce her terrible deeds, the city of murder, doomed and damned, city of idols, filthy and foul. You are guilty both of murder, murder and idolatry. This is the reason they lost the kingdom. This is how bad things were. So anyway, I want you to see some points here. He says, you've reached the limit of your years. I'll make you a laughing stock and a reproach to all the nations. Anyway, what happened here? This is what was going on during Ezekiel's life. He was trying to tell Israel to throw away their idols and they wouldn't do it. I mean, they didn't have anything to do with God. You could go to the temple and they thought, yeah, we're in Solomon's temple. This is great. And then there'd be the Zodiac over there. Then there'd be the God of, the, of Baal over there. And I want to show you the highlights of what was really aggravating the Lord. Anyway, of course, there was lone racketeering, murdering, extortion going on. Does that sound like your life? Well, it is. We need to repent, okay? So don't just blame yourself and say, well, I get bored. The Lord just, no telling what God doesn't like about me. God told Micah, he said, this is the thing the Lord wants you to do, but to do justly and to walk humbly with your king. I mean, it's very simple. Didn't Jesus give us what's called the golden, gee, what's that thing? The golden what? And, uh, the, oh, the golden rule. Yeah, what's that? They were blowing it on that. What is the golden rule? Jesus said all the law was wrapped up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that it? Boy, they sure weren't doing it. Look what they were doing. Let me get down here to some points here. Uh, so anyway, all he's telling them is that Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar's on the way. So let me see what the point I want you to see right here. Oh, uh, let's see. Okay. Okay. Well, just one second. I'm missing it here somewhere. Just one second. Well, I'll go back to, uh, oh, to um, <clears throat> use 
one and twenty right here. Hey, look at this right here. He was saying hey, he, he, all of this. It's, that's really, when you look at Ezekiel and Jeremiah, you think, boy, this is bad news, bad news. Well, you got to understand they were fixing to lose their whole kingdom, and he was warning them. Look what they were doing here. He says, um, oh, he says, I took a solemn oath against them while they were in the wilderness that I would not scatter them, dispersing them to the ends of the earth, because they did not obey my laws, and they violated my Sabbath. They, they longed for their father's idols. Now, look what they were doing. I let them adopt customs and laws that were worthless. Through the keeping of them, they could not obtain life in hope they would draw back in horror and know that I alone, God, I alone am God. I let them pollute themselves with the very gifts I gave them. Look at this. They burnt their, first child, their firstborn children as offerings to their gods. That's what I was looking for. In the, he says it again in the 22nd chapter. We're going to move on. But this is what was going on. How depraved is this? Take your kids and put them in the fire? Oh my gosh. This is ridiculous. Okay. So anyway, they go off to, where are they going to wind up? They're going to wind up going to, uh, to Babylon. Now, uh, so let's go over here to Daniel. And I want to pick up in Daniel chapter 3. But now, remember, at the end of Daniel chapter 2, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, look at this. Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as Daniel's uh, assistants to be in charge of all the affairs of the province of Babylon. And Daniel served as chief magistrate in the king's court. So these guys were officials. Okay. <clears throat> now notice also right before the happened, Nebuchadnezzar, he fell down to the ground and worshipped him, commanded his people to offer sacrifices and burnt sweet, off, sweet off, incense before him. Truly, O Daniel, your God is the God of gods and a ruler of kings and a revealer of mysteries. Okay, and remember the story here was Daniel was almost executed if he didn't get the interpretation of this dream. But Daniel didn't, didn't worry about it. He knew God would do it. Remember the story? We're not going to go into that. But it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I hope we get lucky and God decides to help us. We don't have to get lucky about anything. We just got to ask the Lord. So here's the next story. So King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet high. That is huge. 90 feet high. Wow. And set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to all the princes, governors, captains, judges, treasurers, counselors, sheriffs, rulers of the province of the empire to come to the dedication of his statue. When they arrived, they were standing before the monument. A herald shouted out, O people of all nations, languages, this is the king's command. Okay? What do you do? When the band strikes up, Okay, you are to fall flat on the ground and worship Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will be thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. So, when you hear the music, bow down or you're going to get burned. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel's in here somewhere. He's somewhere. But anyway, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are already aware of Ezekiel. Either their parents told them, or they knew it, or they all, but they knew they'd just become slaves. It wasn't like, well, we didn't know we're, are we slaves? No, they knew they lost their whole nation. They already knew. Why did they lose their nation? Ezekiel told them, worshiping these idols. Well, now here comes one, a brand new one. Worship this idol. So what do you think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are going to do? They already realized if we worship these things, Moses warned them, if you worship these things, you're going to die. Well, yeah, but if we don't worship, we're going to die. Now, wait a minute. 
That's if you don't know anything about God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew something about God. Let's watch what happened. So anyway, so when the band begins to play, everyone, whatever nation, language, religion, fell to the ground and worshipped the statue. But some officials went to the king and accused the Jews of refusing to worship. Your majesty, they said to him, you made a law that everyone must fall down and worship the golden statue when the band plays, and that everyone who refuses will be thrown into the fiery furnace. But there are some Jews there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you put in charge of the Babylonian affairs, who have defied you, refusing to serve your gods and worship the golden statue you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, now look at the details here, in a terrible rage. This ticked him off. He called them in. He ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were on his staff, to be brought in before him. Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he demanded, you are refusing to serve my gods? Well, hello, we just lost our nation. You know, they knew. I'll give you one more chance. Now notice this. When the music plays, and then if you fall down and worship the statue, he says, all will be well. But if you refuse, you will be thrown into the furnace Within the hour, and what God, you need to understand this, what God can deliver you out of my hands then? What God? That's what Nebuchadnezzar asked. What God? Now, in America, you, you can talk to most Christians, and they'll tell you, well, I don't want to put God on the spot, and I don't want to say He's always going to be there for me, even though Psalm 46 says He's a very present help in time of trouble. And Psalm 18 says, I'll call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. They'll try to assume something that gets inferred in this story. But if not, in other words, God might or he might not. And here's one issue right here, even in this translation. I want to show it to you. We'll look at it in the King James 2. But then we'll look at this translation and see that, well, I can't possibly what he was referring to. I mean, if, if it's going to be... If God's going to help us sometime when He wants to, and if He's going to help and He's not going to help us sometimes, then maybe it's okay for us not to believe sometimes. Like John three sixteen, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So maybe we should have an option there. But if not, you know, no, there's no but if not there. We are instructed to believe. Well, God has instructed Himself. He said, "I will deliver you." Before we get any further, let me show you in Isaiah. Let's look over here. And remember this, the, these, these guys would have heard this guy. Isaiah was there too. Notice this, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. This guy was warning them the whole time. Let's go over here to, uh, it's 43. Isaiah 43, look what he says here. Oh, Notice what he says, I'm the Lord who created you. Don't be afraid, I've ransomed you. I've called you by your name, you're mine. When you go through the waters in great trouble, I'll be with you. And when you go through the rivers of difficulty, you won't drown. When you walk through the fire, he says of oppression, but the King James says fire no matter what. Notice this. He says, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Even do it, you can't use a type to illustrate if the illustration doesn't work. He's saying you're not going to get burned. Now, why? But see, we, we have this thing all figured out. We said, well, 
reason we're not going to be burned is because there's fire department close by. There was no fire department in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There wasn't any. You know? And I know I'll be all right as long as my parents have money. You're going to be all right because of Jesus. Let Jesus be your help. He is. Well, my hip's hurting, and it doesn't feel like it's, it's cancer, so I'll be okay. If it's cancer, you're going to be okay. Trust the Lord to make you well. We, we've got it all figured out what God can't do. But anyway, so these guys heard this. They heard that, these stories. So let's go back to Daniel a second. Now back to Daniel. Okay, so anyway, uh, in his rage, he ordered these guys to come in there. But let me show you this. He says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not worried about what will happen to us. Now, the Living Bible is helpful, but that's not what he said. They knew what was going to happen to them. They did. Now, let me show you this just a moment. Let's go to the the King James just a moment, because we'll see this very plain in this entire story. All right, notice this. You can see how the Living Bible helps us. It says, Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury, the form of his visage. What is that? He was so mad. He was in a rage. His face was just, just irritate me. Okay. So anyway, so notice what he said. Oh, uh, let's see. We'll back up just a second. He said, so here's what Shadrach Meshach said. They answered and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not afraid to answer you in this matter. Notice, Living Bible says, we're not afraid of what's going to happen to us. Well, there's a reason they weren't afraid of what's going to happen to us, because watch. Notice they said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. Look at this. And he will deliver us out of your hand. That doesn't sound like he's saying, well, it's optional. Sometimes God might not. I mean, if he might not, then he might not save us. John 3.16 might not work. You know, you can't do that with the scriptures. Notice this, O king, but if not. See, the but if not is if you're going to throw us in or not. Remember, when you hear the music, bow down. It's going to be well with you. But if not, you're going to the burning, fire, burning, burning fiery furnace. But if not, be it known unto thee, O God, we're not going to serve your gods. No well, who cares? You're going to be toast. So see, it doesn't make sense. Let me show you why it doesn't make sense either. Nebuchadnezzar didn't say, get out of my sight. Take these guys out of here. Their God's nobody. Nebuchadnezzar heard that if you toss us in that fire, we ain't dying. That's what Nebuchadnezzar heard. Here's the points why. Full of fury, his faith, he's really mad now. Against Shadrach, Meshach, therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat up the furnace, what? Seven times. It was hot enough to kill anybody. But now he says, crank it up. Why? Because he heard our God's going to deliver us. And you need to know God's going to deliver you too. Let's switch back to the Living Bible here now. We'll pick it up from there. Now that we know that uh, <clears throat> oh, this phrase here, I don't believe for a second, but if he doesn't. There's no such things, but if he doesn't. He is. He will. But, but if was if you don't throw us in the fire. So notice what, notice what they said. If we're thrown in the flaming fiery furnace, our God is able to deliver us. Look at this. And he will deliver us out of your hand. He will. And to come back and say, well, but if he don't, you know, well, I just pull the rug out under everything. It's just like today. I can tell you how great Jesus is. I'm telling you, you need to believe God, you know, but don't worry if it don't work out. Sometimes we pray and that's ridiculous. You don't do that. John 14 tells us, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it, he says. 
Then the 15th chapter, you abide me, my words abide in you, ask what you will, it shall be done. Psalm 20, he says, the Lord grant you your petitions. Samuel, his mother, Hannah, was praying there. Remember the story? And, excuse me, oh, the, the high priest showed up right there and he thought she was drunk. And she said, I'm not drunk, I'm just sorrowful of heart. And he didn't even ask her what you're praying about. And she said, I'm just sorrowful of heart. And uh, anyway, and then uh, the next thing you know, the high priest says, the Lord grant you your petition. And so she has a son, his name Samuel. The word Samuel means asked of God. But anyway, so here we go. So watch this. Watch the details. Let's see. So they said, we're not going to worship your gods. Nebuchadnezzar, fill of fury. His face became dark with anger at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay. We see he got mad. That must mean they must have thought they were going to get help. He commanded the furnace to be heated up seven times, hotter than usual. And then number three, call for the strongest men. See, he thought God was going to show up any second. So he said, well, I got some big Chaldeans, Babylonians. <laughs> he got these big old strapping fellas. And they bound. There's another one, the fourth one. Well, we need to give a little assistance to them because they said their God was going to show up. So they bound them. Four things now. Nebuchadnezzar's mad. They heat it up. They get the strongest guys to hold these guys. I mean, come on, just wimpy Jews. And then they had them bound. What else we got? Fully clothed. Let's make sure you got a little, little kindling on you. Here, how about wearing this non-abestus-free jacket when you go in? And because the king in his anger demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames leaped out, killed the soldiers as they threw them in. That's some hot stuff. If you've been around a fire, you know it. Well, what if I'm ever faced with that? What am I going to do? You need to know the Lord will help you. He will help you. The further you get away from that Bible, the more you'll start believing sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. Because you'll look at your own track record. Don't go by your track record. You go by what the record says is supposed to be going on with you. The Lord will help you. So anyway, here's another thing. Do you see something else you notice here? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they fell down bound into the roaring flames. But suddenly as what? He was watching. Now we're up to six. Nebuchadnezzar went down there to see this thing. What did he want to see? A God that doesn't show up? No. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember what they said? Our God is able and he will. That's what he says. Our God is able to deliver us and he will. Praise the Lord. Now you know the rest of this story, of course. Suddenly, as he was watching, Nebuchadnezzar jumped in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we throw three guys in here? <laughs> they said, yeah, we did, your majesty. Well, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four. Now, I see Psalm 91. His angels, well, Psalm, 30, Psalm, 30, uh, Psalm 34, his angels are encamped about you. Isn't that right? That's what the scriptures say. Psalm 91 says they'll bear you up lest, they dash, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Praise the Lord. Other places. Matthew, Jesus said their angel is always beholding the face of the Father. He's talking about your angel. Well, we don't believe in angels. Let's go to Cracker Barrel and get one of them little statues. Ain't that sweet. Those statues don't even reflect biblical angels. Biblical angels are bright. They're tall. They're huge. And they're there to help you. And every time they show up, they have to say, hey, don't be afraid. <laughs> it's not like, I know I'm wimpy, but i got to say this. I look like a little girl. Don't be afraid. 
No, it scares everybody when they show up. There were two of them at the tomb when Jesus was resurrected. The Roman guards, the big, bad, ugly, mean guards, it scared them and they fell down as though they were dead. Scared them. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar said, I see four walking around. And they aren't even hurt by the flames. And the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came close to the open door of the flaming furnace. And oh, notice this. They were unbound and walking. What's going to happen to you if you get thrown in the fire? You're going to be all right. Praise the Lord. You're going to be fine. He got to the open door of the flaming furnace and yelled, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember, that's his staff members. Servants, what did he say? Of the Most High God. He said, I get it. Actually, the truth is, the next chapter, he really didn't get it. He got big-headed, but he learned. He learned. Because he lost his mind for about seven years. And then he came back. The next chapter is a whole testimony of Nebuchadnezzar saying, I'm telling you what, there is a God. There is a God in heaven. And he made me who I am. He gave me my kingdom. You couldn't shut Nebuchadnezzar up. You'll see him one day in heaven. He said, come here. So they stepped out of the fire. What? The princes, the governors, captains, counselors crowded themselves, uh, uh, crowded around. They saw that the fire hadn't touched them. Not a hair of their head was singed. Sounds like what Isaiah prophesied. You'll not be burned. Their coats were unscorched and they didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, for he sent an angel to deliver, look at this, his trusting servants when they defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve any, uh, worship any other God except their own. Therefore I make a decree. And he goes on and says, let me tell you, he's the God. He's the God. Now, uh, before we finish that out, notice this. And God promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, like, well, you know, you kind of, you got to take the ups and the downs. You know, sometimes God won't. No. But look at, see, compare this verse, the very last verse of Daniel 3 to the very last verse of Daniel chapter 2. Look at this. Well, actually, look at it right here. The king made Daniel very great, gave him many valuable gifts, appointed him to be ruler over the whole province, and then, of course, we realized that Daniel appointed what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. His three little poor helpers. No, they weren't poor. They were fine. Praise the Lord. God will take care of you too. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at another incident during the same time frame. This actually happened. Watch this. This is during the same time frame. Daniel was a prophet. And this is the reason it all fell apart. Uh, let's see. I need First Kings and I need... Let's see. Oh. I remember where I was. Give me one second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hit it right. Okay. <clears throat> Watch this. Three years later, the Lord said to Elijah, go and tell King Ahab. Now, this was... This was prior to going. This was prior to going into slavery. Okay, it ain't that far, but you got to understand why Ezekiel was telling us all, and why you understand Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had made up their mind. I'm serving God. Watch what we find out. Go tell King Ahab that I'll soon send rain again. Okay, Elijah went to tell him. Meanwhile, the famine had become severe, and of course, this is a story about Jezebel. Okay, all it. She tried to kill all the the Lord's prophets. Okay. But anyway, let, let me speed down here a little bit and get down here to, uh, to uh, oh, 
to this part right here. Uh, they were blaming they were blaming the prophet for all this disaster, saying, "Well, God just don't do nothing." Now watch this. Ahab exclaimed when he saw him, uh, uh, "Saw him? You're talking about yourself," Elijah replied. "For your family has refused to obey the Lord, and they've worshipped Baal instead. Now bring all the people to Mount Carmel with four hundred with the four hundred fifty prophets of Baal." and the 400 prophets of Asherah who supported by Jezreel. Now, what's the total of that? That's 850. 850, okay. Anyway, so they summoned everybody to come. Now, you remember this story, but I want you to see what happens here. Elijah talked to them and said, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? Oh, He said, if God is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Now, remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, our God's able, and he will. Elijah spoke, I, I am the only prophet left, uh, he told them, but Baal has 450. Now bring two bulls. Anyway, what they did was they set up, uh, they set up a, a, you know, a sacrifice, and Elijah's mocking them. He says, okay, we'll just see which one of these gods is going gonna, is gonna to deliver. Anyway, so they put all that fire down. I mean, all, excuse me, not any fire. They put their sacrifice there. And then notice he says, pray to your God and I'll pray to the Lord. And the God who answered by sending fire to light the wood is the true God. Everybody agreed. Now, see, we encounter problems, but sometimes we'll think, you know, I don't know if God's going to help me or not. He will help you. It's your job to believe. You've got to trust the Lord, you know. Oh, I trust the Lord. I'm not talking about being a Christian. Jeremiah faced this one time. Jeremiah was fixing to get killed, and he thought, God, you're about as faithful as a spring rain. You never know when it's going to show up. And God said, look, you've got to trust me. Well, Jeremiah said, I, I believe in you. I know. No, it's not a matter of believing in you. It's believing that when you're faced with a burning, fiery furnace, you're going to be all right. Our God whom we serve is able, and he will deliver us out of your hand. I don't care if you bind me. I don't care. I'm going to live. You ain't going to get me. <clears throat> So anyway, watch what happens. So Elisha said, we're going to just see which God answers. Well, of course, I can't do that. Well, why do we have the details? You are going to be blessed in spite of those around you. Psalm 91 says a thousand fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it'll not come nigh you. And he explains why. Because you trusted the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't worry about being fair as an American. Well, it's not fair or whatever. We're not talking about fair. We're talking about the Lord helping you. And then when the Lord helps you, you'll be able to grab the person next to you and say, hey, listen, the Lord will help you just like he helped me. And he will. So anyway, notice how Elijah mocks. And you can't, we might as well in America, we might as well say this about our God. Elijah turned to the prophets of Baal. First, he said, there are many of you. Choose, uh, uh, choose one of the bulls and prepare it and call on your God. Don't put any fire under it. So they offered one of the bulls and they placed it on the altar and they called on Baal all morning long. Remember, the Israelites were throwing their kids to this God, having them burned. That's the reason it was hacking God off. And they were saying, oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no reply of any kind. Hello, there's not any reply. But in today's culturally safe Christianity, a Jesus that doesn't do anything, we would say, right on target, Jesus, because sometimes he don't answer. That's baloney. When Elisha went up, Elijah went up in a whirlwind. His mantle fell to the ground. Elijah, Elisha, took the mantle and the staff, and he went over to the Jordan River, slammed it in the water, and said, Where is the God of Elijah? And buddy, whew, it opened up. And we need to be doing the same thing. Psalm 22 is what Jesus did on the cross. 
He's dying. But yet we think, I guess sometimes there's ups and sometimes they're down. Read Psalm, Psalm 22 yourself. He said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? But if you'll read Psalm 22, it is a great deliverance. David knew at the end of the day he was going to be out. Jesus knew at the end of three days and three nights he was going to be out. He never said, you know, well, I'm going to die. And hopefully after three days, I'm going to come out. He, didn't, he blew them all away. He said, in three days, I'll be out. So anyway, Elijah says, do this. And they were crying out, oh, and anyway, about noontime, Elijah began mocking them. You'll have to shout louder than that. You better pray more. You better cry more. Because God's not going to answer you. He's going to answer you. He will. Anyway, you better, so what did he say you do? Let's see. You better shout louder than that to catch the attention of your God. Look at this. Perhaps he's talking to someone or he's sitting on the toilet. Is that in the Bible? Yeah. Or maybe he's away on a trip or asleep and needs to be awakened. That's some of the things we think Jesus is doing. He's too busy to help me. No, he's not. He will help you. Anyway, they shouted louder and they cut themselves with knives till the blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon on. Nothing happened. Elijah called the people and said, hey, you guys come over here. Anyway, you know what he did? He dug a trench around his sacrifice and he said, pour water over it. I mean, he said, do it again. They did it again. Do it once more. Man, the water was overflowing. Anyway, notice what? Notice, notice what happened. Uh, excuse me, off the place. Here we go. And notice he said, Elijah walked up to the altar and prayed, O God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now that's our God too, isn't he? Prove today that you are the God of Israel and I'm your servant. Wonder why we have the details. Well, the same thing will work for you. Watch this. Lord, answer me. Answer me so that these people will know that you are God and you've brought me back to your brought them back to yourself. Then suddenly, you know the story, fire from heaven just and there it went. One last place. One last place. Let's go jump over here to uh, the book of Hebrews. Chapter 11. What is faith? Well, it's a confident assurance of what? Well, there is a God? No. That something good is going to happen. Okay. All these things happen because of faith. You get down here and he starts to summarize all these things here. He says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith. It's not the stories that I believe there's a God. It's a God that will deliver me. The story of Gideon was so scared. Remember, that's where we get the Gideon Bibles from. It's a story about that. Anyway, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. These people all, notice they won battles. They overthrew kingdoms, ruled the people well. Look at this. They were kept from harm. Daniel, look at this. And in a fiery furnace. Wow. Praise the Lord. God will keep you safe too. He will. So what are we going to do? Well, let's go back one more time to uh, Daniel and look at the words that uh, Nebuchadnezzar said right when he closed up at that. He said, nobody. Notice what he says. He said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to deliver his trusting servants when they defied the king's command. They were willing to die rather than serve any other God. Therefore, I make a decree that any person or nation or language or religion who speaks against the God of oh, oh, 
Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego shall be torn limb from limb. Look at this. For no other God, look at this, can do what this one does. Now, for us to walk away and say, well, I know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and my life is going from the frying pan to the fire, and I don't know why God's doing Don't do that. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego didn't do that. They said, our God is able, and he will. And don't worry about it. God will get you out. You can't read the scriptures and find out God wants to put you in there. He doesn't want to put you in there. He wants to get you out. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that by your stripes we're healed if we're not feeling good. You'll take care of that. If it's financial, you'll take care of that too. You supply all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, and also, if it's just, it may not be finances, it may not be health, it may be something else, and it looks like there's no way we're going to get any better. We're not going to get out of any kind of problem. Yes, you will. It doesn't matter. You'll get us out. You told us to cast our burden upon the Lord, and you will sustain us. Psalm 55, 22. We're not going to forget it. Well, Lord, that didn't leave anything left. But for us to be as happy as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they went out and got to shake hands with Nebuchadnezzar and be excited that God set them free. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.